We are uh, in a series called God Speaks. And we know for sure that God speaks. He has spoken and he continues to speak. He was here this morning in this place speaking to our hearts and ministering to us. The greatest desire for every Christian should be that God would speak to them. Not that God would speak to them, but they would have a heart and a mind to receive what God has for them. Amen? You ever been in a relationship where uh, somebody just shuts, shuts down, doesn't say anything, and you're like, talk to me, talk to, I'll kill you, talk to me, say something, say something. There was this story of the, this couple that was 60, 60 years married, and before uh, the wife got married, the mother said, listen, Always try to resolve things. Always try to get things settled before you go to sleep. But if you can't, just let it go. And when you let it go, do something. Like crochet a doll. And for 60 years, she told her husband that there's going to be a box that you can't look at until I tell you. 60 years have gone by in marriage, and the, the lady gets very, very sick. The husband prepares things and puts things in order, and he asks, can I look at the box? And she said yes, so she brought the box to the hospital and opened it up, and uh, in it were two crochet dolls. And he said, what in the world is this? What is this? And she said, whenever we had an unresolved situation between us, I would crochet a doll. And he was looking at, at it and saying, this is unbelievable. Great love for her, great love for the relationship. Went away thinking that they only had two unresolved situations in their entire life. But also in the box was $95,000. <laughs> the $95,000 was received when she began selling her crochet dolls <laughs> for the last 60 years. Okay? God is speaking. Amen? His greatest desire is not to crochet a doll. His greatest desire is to bring this unresolved situation of sin to a head where we can have this wonderful relationship of fellowship, one with the other. The Bible says that if we walk in the light, he is in the light. We have fellowship with one another and fellowship with God. Amen? We are speaking one to another, but we have received this awesome revelation of who God is, and he reveals himself in nature. Isn't it awesome? Now, being a city boy, uh, when we go camping or something, I don't like it. I don't like being out in the dark where you can't see anything. Okay? But what I do like is when I look up and I see the stars in the heavens. See, in the city, you can't really see it because of the lights. All you see is like apartment lights and street lights, things of that nature. So God has spoken to us through creation. Was there ever a time that you can remember where you either saw a sunlight or you saw a sunset or you saw a, a lake or you saw a beautiful trail and you were like, wow, something stirred in you about the glory of the Lord. Amen? 
The Bible says that the heavens, they're preachers. They preach a sermon and they preach a message of the glory of the Lord. When we look at creation, we cannot respond other than saying that there is this glorious design, this glorious creation. There must be a glorious designer and a glorious artist that has put this together. Who is he? Amen? This is exactly what the, what the psalmist David has experienced. He's out watching sheep, watching his fold. During the day, he looks up and sees the skies and sees the clouds. On my way this morning, I was coming, uh, driving down Dorrance, and I pulled over with the kids, and I took a picture of the sun rising and the clouds. It was beautiful. We were having technical difficulties, so we, we can't put it up. But look at that. And I stopped, and I just went, God, you are glorious. And I yelled it out to the kids, and I was like, God is glorious, sir! They were like, I love doing that, scaring them. Yeah. But I was like, look at this picture of the greatness and the glory of God. See, in Psalms chapter 19, in the skies and the heavens reveals the glory of God. As you read further, it brings out a portion of Scripture. In Scripture, we see the greatness, the goodness of God. And then, later on in that passage of Scripture, Psalm 19, it talks about, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable to you, O God. In our souls and who we are, we see the revelation of the grace of God. Amen? Beautiful illustration of God working and moving. So, when we gaze upward, we see the glory of the Lord. The heavens declare the glory of the Lord. Isaiah spoke out and said, rend the heavens and come down. Psalms 96, beautiful passage of Scripture speaking about God's creation and the wonder of it all. We look up to the skies, we see the revelation of the glory of God. We look into the Scripture and we see the glory and the greatness of God in winning our salvation. And as we look into our soul and into our, our character, we see the wonderful working of a God that began a good work in us, and he will fulfill it until the day we see him face to face. Amen? Amen. Glory, greatness, goodness, and grace. <laughs> Amen? Amen? Given to us by a loving, loving God and a loving Savior. What a beautiful thing. See, we live in a world that... Uh, has kind of shut down their view of upward. Isn't it true? Everybody's looking horizontally to everybody else, and we're creating gods and images in our culture, in our society, that we raise up to worship. There's no glory. There's no greatness. All these idols that we, uh, we, we lift up destroys the fiber and the character of God within our souls and our hearts. You ever watch the fashion show? There are some freaky things that walk down that, that aisle. I'm not talking about the, the, per, the, the people. I'm talking about the, the fashions. Who in their right mind would wear these things? Right? Who in their right mind would wear these things? 
And then I always say to the kids or Stephanie when we see it on TV or whatever, that girl needs to eat a cheeseburger, man, or maybe two <laughs> or three, amen? Go get some, like, shrimp scampi or something, you know, with a lot of bread and butter, man. Do something, right? We raise up these images and we raise up these things wanting to pour ourselves into, but everything is empty. Everything brings a hollowness and a shallowness to us because the only thing that can grip our heart and bring fulfillment and satisfaction is the glory, the greatness, the goodness, and the grace of God. Let's turn over to Romans chapter 1. Apostle Paul illustrates this fallacy and this erroneous thinking of trying to find something to praise and something to worship and something to live for other than God. And it starts, let's read from verse 16. For I am not ashamed of this good news about Christ. It is the power of God at work, saving everyone who believes, the Jew first and also the Gentile. The good news tells us how God makes us right in his sight. This is accomplished from start to finish by what? By faith, taking God at his word and saying, God, I believe you for what you say, and I believe you what you tell me. As the scriptures say, it is through faith that a righteous person has life. But God shows his anger from heaven against all sinful, wicked people, who suppress the truth by their wickedness. They know the truth about God because he has made it obvious to them. For ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and the sky. Through everything God made, they can clearly see his invisible qualities, his eternal power, and divine nature, so they have no excuse for not knowing God. Yes, they knew God, but they wouldn't worship him as God or even give him thanks. They began to think up foolish ideas of what God was like. As a result, their minds became dark and confused. Claiming to be wise, they instead became utter fools. And instead of worshiping the glorious, ever-living God, they worshiped idols made to look like mere people and birds and animals and reptiles. So God abandoned them to do whatever shameful things their hearts desired. As a result, they did vile and degrading things with each other's bodies. They traded the truth about God for a lie. So they worshiped and served the things God created instead of the creator himself, who is worthy of eternal praise. Amen and amen. We see this awesome revelation of God through nature is to create a wonder and a curiosity and a spark in our hearts to look to creation and say, there has to be a designer, there has to be a God. God has put this ache and this, this, this hole in our hearts to find out who is God and who am I. Amen? The one thing that we can do when it comes to creation is that we can look to God and say, God, thank you. Thank you. Glorify God because of who he is. Two things that people do that kind of stray away from creation and it brings a fog over their heart and a veil over their heart and it blinds them from the greatness and the glory and the grace of God is that they do not give thanks to God. Amen? Don't we live in a society that 
kind of plucked God out of every, everything in our society, education, politics, um, all kinds of uh, civic organizations, stripped God. You can't even wear a T-shirt to school. can't even bring your Bible. You can't do a lot of things because of uh, political correctness. The fact is, is that as long as I have breath, I shall praise the Lord and give him thanks. Amen? You can't shut me up, and you can't shut you up. We will give praise to the Lord. The Bible says that if we don't praise the Lord, the very rocks, the rocks of creation that God has created through Christ will shout out in praise to our God. Amen? Hey, I'm not going to let no rock outpraise me. I've been rock-headed in my, in my day. No longer I will praise the Lord with all that is within me. Amen? And give him praise. David knew how to encourage himself in the Lord, and his, the, the encouragement that he received from the Lord was by looking upward to the glory of God, looking downward into the very scriptures of God that revealed the creator God became his God. Amen? The Bible says that uh, David knew how to encourage himself in the Lord. How do you encourage yourself in the Lord? In a way, God says to us, I am your encouragement, but you've got to encourage yourself in me. Isn't it true? When we praise him and when we worship him. See, what God wants to do is he wants to change our mind. He wants to bring repentance to us. The Bible says that when we don't glorify God, when we don't thank him, and we suppress the truth about who God is, we become and we live in a state of deception and lies. And everything that we speak to ourselves in our mind, in our state of mind, is a lie and a deception because we're not allowing the glory and the greatness and the goodness and the grace of God into our hearts and into our minds. We're in the business of changing minds and hearts. Amen? Now, how do you change a, a mind? The Bible says that the mind must be renewed. We have mindsets that are set up in our hearts based on our experiences, based on hurts, based on things that have happened to us, that God wants to transform and change. There's strongholds in our hearts that God wants to tear down, and it happens when we make ourselves available as we worship him. Worship begins in the mind. Don't give me emotion without something that I can think about and I can focus on, a good, the goodness, the greatness, the glory, and the grace of God. What gets me moved and emotional is thinking about those four things. Amen? So as we worship, we're not just singing. Because I could bring Willie Nelson songs in here and have a great time. We could do dance, square dance and everything and have a wonderful time. But when we worship the Lord, guys, we come in here determined to be changed and transformed as we focus on great thoughts of God, the glory of, the, of God, the greatness of God, the grace of God, and the goodness of God. And as we muse these things over in our hearts, all of a sudden our emotions begin to be stirred towards God. And when we have our mind renewed and our emotions refocused on God, where do you think your will is going to go? Amen? Your will is going to follow along and say, I will praise the Lord and I will, I will lift him up. Sometimes 
We do it just by giving him praise when we don't feel like it. Have you ever said a thing coming out of your mouth that you don't believe and you weren't experiencing at the time? Right? I am rich. I am wealthy in Christ. My God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches in glory. You worried about your bills today or finances? Say those words over again and again, that he is Jehovah Jireh, and all of a sudden your emotions and your praise would be to God, not anxiety about your situation, your bills, your poverty, or anything else. Praise him. Praise him. Praise him. Amen? Amen. Creation was made so that people would be praisers and glorifiers of God. It didn't really happen. People turned their back on God. People turned their back on the word of God. Jesus came down. Let's turn over to Colossians chapter 1. This will blow your mind. Colossians chapter 1. And we'll start with verse 15. Christ is the invisible image of the invisible God. Wow. Isn't that awesome? See, when you read the Gospels, you're getting a picture of who God is. You can see. You can see Jesus feeding the 5,000. You can see Jesus meeting the woman at the well. You can see Jesus talking to Zacchaeus up a tree. Jesus is the visible representation of who God is because he is God. Amen? When he cast demons out, he is God. When he healed the lame and healed the blind, he is God. And when we look at Jesus and we read about Jesus Christ, focused on the greatness, the glory, the goodness, and the grace of our God and Savior that would come down and put himself into fleshly form, a body just like ours, and die a cruel and miserable, humiliating death. Three days later, rise again and win the battle of sin, death, and the grave so that we could experience our inheritance of being free from the penalty of sin, free from the power of sin, and eventually one day, folks, we're going to be free from the presence of sin. Amen? Amen? What a day that'll be. We won't have to put up with each other in our carnal, sinful natures anymore. We'll be free. Amen? We'll be free. All right, let's keep reading. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. For through him, God created everything in the heavenly realm and on earth. Can you imagine this? Jesus created everything through Jesus. And he knew when he, when he created it, he was coming down to live on his very creation. Blows, you, blows your mind a little bit, doesn't it? He made the things we can see and the things we can't see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through him and for him. Your questions are over. Your purpose and meaning in life is what? To live your life for him and through him. Amen? 
to allow him to change you and transform you by his glory, his greatness, his goodness, and his grace to be examples to a lost and dying world. Let's keep reading. He existed before anything else, and he holds all things, all creation together. Christ is also the head of the church, which is his body. He is the beginning supreme over all who rise from the dead, so he is first in everything. Here's the thing. He is our creator. He is the one that providentially, providentially sustains us. And he is the one that fills our lives with everything that he is. The God of the universe wants to be your all in all. Couldn't get that out because I was choking up. Your all in all. Amen? Amen. So what puny, tiny, piddly little things are you dealing with in your life that's causing you not to look upon the glory, the greatness, the grace, and the goodness of God. Get rid of it. It's not worth it. Amen? Cast it aside. Look up to the heavens. Whence cometh our help? Amen? Look to the word of God. Let the word of God, through the power of the Holy Spirit, reveal to you the living word of God, who is Christ. Our lives are hidden with Christ in God. Our greatest desire is to have the Holy Spirit manifest Christ to us in his greatness, in his glory. The thought that the creator of the universe was here today is an awesome, awesome thought. We can't take that for granted. When we come into this place as a body of believers, make sure that you know that creator, redeemer God will be with us through the power of the Holy Spirit manifest his presence to us to renew and strengthen us the bible says that we go from glory to glory amen being transformed by the spirit of the lord where the spirit of the lord is there is freedom amen so jesus christ himself created the world and now jesus christ desires to live in your world but we have to receive him don't we we have to, by faith, say, God, I believe what you say, and I'll put legs to my belief in my actions and my behavior and my obedience to him. See, all preaching does basically one thing. It aligns us in obedience towards the, the word of God so that we can live our lives to the glory of the living word of God. Amen? So the glory of the Lord wants to be evident in your hearts and in your lives today. We look up towards the heavens and we see the glory of God. I want you to go out today and I want you just to look up to the skies and say, God, you are glorious. You are glorious. You are glorious. Then I want you to get into the word of God. As you read the word of God, have the, the greatness of God muse in your heart and in your life as he establishes your purpose and meaning in life to live your life for the glory of God. And then, as we look into our hearts and souls, don't focus on your weakness, don't focus on your insufficiency, don't focus on your past, don't focus on your experiences, don't focus on the fact that you're a jerk, focus on this one thing, is that Jesus wants to come in and make you a completely new creation. Amen? Wow, that's exciting. Man, that's exciting. So when I wake up tomorrow, I don't know what kind of glory, greatness, goodness, and grace is going to hit my life, but I know for sure that it's going to hit me because there's a promise 
Every time I wake up in the morning, grace and mercy shall find me. Amen? Amen. And his presence shall be with me. Why are we so fearful and afraid? We serve the God of the universe who lives with inside of us. Same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. Let me say that again. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. You might not like, like it, but I'm going to say it a third time. The spirit that has raised Christ Jesus from the dead, that same spirit dwells in you. Is there anything that you cannot accomplish or anything that you cannot overcome? Jesus lives within you through the power of the Holy Spirit. When we look at our church here, you know, we're not great numbers. This isn't Beverly Hills. But in our giving, maybe it is. Amen? We give a lot, folks. You serve a lot. But this is what the church is supposed to do. Self-sacrificially give back to Jesus who gave all to us. And our greatest desire, our greatest meaning and purpose in life is laying ourselves down for Christ so that the glory and the greatness and the goodness and the grace of God can reach out to a lost and broken world. There's broken people whose minds and hearts are blinded to the greatness of God. You will be the only Jesus. You will be the only glory. You will be the only greatness. You will be the only goodness and grace of God that Anybody will see it might be just you in your life living in obedience and sacrifice to Jesus. Can you imagine? When you get to heaven, somebody comes up to you and says, thank you so much. I worked with you at that lousy job that we both worked at, praise God. And your testimony, your life, the way you responded with your attitude, the way you held your emotions and you held your words and you spoke words of grace and goodness and glory to folks turned my heart towards curiosity to the things of God. Amen? Yeah. Wow. What a special privilege we have living for Jesus. You know, being in youth ministry is awesome. As you can tell, I no longer do that. I'm a little bit older, but still, there's folks that do, do that. But the greatest thing is not really knowing a young person that well, seeing them 20 years later and come up to you Amen. and say, because of your life, I want to give you thanks. Amen. Little tip on receiving glory. Get your deflection mirror out real quick. And let the praise go back to God. Amen? Amen? All praise and glory to God because he's the one that does the work in each and every one of you today. The sun blasts forth like a bridegroom out of his house, ready to, ready to go get married. Amen? That's what the Bible says in Psalms chapter 19. The sun breaks forth with this splendor and wonder. I've been in a lot of weddings, been a lot of best men, and when we, when we go over, and uh, you know how it is, right? The dude is ready, man. Not much for the ceremonies. Basically what's going to happen later on. But anyways, he's ready. He's excited. There's love in his heart and life. And it touches everybody around him, right? As you pick him up and we go. And see, in the old days, they used to gather and they used to walk towards the context where they would get married. And there'd be celebration. There'd be wonder. 
And everybody was like feeling vicariously this bridegroom's excitement, right? This is what the sun does. Should bring to us this wonderful revelation of life and light of God. Then it talks about um, when we break out the, as an athlete breaks forth from his starting gate with power and energy and force running down the track is an awesome, awesome sight. There was this race where this dude, they said, should not have won. An, an American dude, I think his name was Waddle, wore a hat. The dude looked like, bro, you're not going to win, okay? The race, the race started out, and he fell way behind. Way, way behind. And then all of a sudden, on the last lap, the dude got a shot of something and started making his way to the front. It was an awesome thing. And then as he grounded the last corner right to the finish line, right before the finish line, boom, he passed and he won the race. Amen? What a beautiful picture of what God does for us. He blasts into our lives and has won the victory for us through the glory of the heavens, greatness of the word of God, the goodness of the living word that lives within us, and the wonderful power of the grace of the Lord to transform and change us. Let's constantly wonder about the glory of God. And when we gather here, this is the holy of holies. Amen? Next Sunday when we come to worship, let's get down to business. Lay aside everything that keeps you from opening your heart to the, to the word. Some of you might wonder why we sing and why we worship. Singing and worship opens up the heart for us to receive from God. Let's face it, face it, our heart, sometimes you wake up in the morning on Sunday morning and you're like, nah, I ain't going. Right? I mean, come on. I've woken up like that. I work here. You know what I'm saying? I've woken up like, I'm not going. <laughs> you know, but I got to be here. But anyways, when you focus in those times of defeating the flesh and the sinful nature, rising up above it and giving praise to God, God comes down in a flush in your life to transform you and change you. It's not the times up on the mountaintop. It's easy, amen? It's easy to give a big yoo-hoo, yee, victory, right? And then we tumble down like an avalanche down into the valley of depression and the valley of death. Now what are you going to do, right? We think of the glory, the greatness, the goodness, and the grace of God. And we begin to praise the Lord. Whatever circumstance, whatever situation, praise breaks the yoke of the enemy and the strongholds in your life as in, in your feelings of total opposite concerning the word of God. You're speaking out words of faith based on the word of God and you feel the life of God coming back in you. Amen? How many of you have done that this, this week? See, we live by God say so, not our feeling so, or not what we say so. And we put ourselves in a position where even though through our eyes we see trouble, 
we see circumstances, we see situations that in any other person would bring them down into a state of depression. But for the blood-bought believer, the Holy Spirit-filled lover of God, we see something more. We see opportunity. We see excitement. We wonder how God is going to get us through and get us over it, right? Mm. Right? Yeah, right. Amen. I want to encourage you to be like the sun. It's interesting how the sun radiates this awesome thing that power and heat and light that goes 93 miles. And when we walk out today, hopefully we'll feel it in the midst of the cold, but we feel it on our skin and we're like, oh, vitamin D, I feel it, I feel it, that's good. Hebrews tells us that Jesus Christ is the radiance of God's glory. His work on the cross emanates through time and space and eternity and hits us with his love and his grace. Let the radiance of who God is today shine on you and worship him. Amen? Amen. Give him all the praise and all the glory. For he's glorious. He's great. He's good. And he's gracious. And he loves you today. Amen? Amen. Let's bow for a word of prayer. Lord, we love you today. We thank you for your word. We thank you, Creator God. We don't know why. We'll understand it better by and by. But we don't know why you love us, why you want to reveal yourself to us. All we know is that you are love. So we pray, O oh God, this, this day that the message of who you are would be evident in our hearts and in our lives. And Lord, we would not lose sight of your glory, greatness, goodness, and grace by not giving thanks and not glorifying you in every situation. Lord, we will not suppress the truth as, you, as the Holy Spirit begins to convict us of sin, begins to want to change something about our lives or transform us. We'll say, yes, God, because we want you more than anything else in this world. Nothing compares with knowing you and loving you. So, God, we lift up our hearts to you today. We thank you for this awesome creation. We love you today. And, God, we know that it's not an accident. We didn't come from some generated bacterium from a swamp somewhere. We came from the heart and the mind of God. Have fellowship with you and relationship with you. You've proved it through time and eternity. You're always never-ending, loving kindness and compassion to us, wooing us to yourself. We love you for that, oh God. What order you bring 71% of the earth's is, is water. The other percent is land. Can you imagine an earth that is 50% water? Scientists tell us that there would only be one quarter of rainfall. Famine all over the world. Can you imagine if 
the water was 95% and land was only 5%, we'd be engulfed in tsunamis and floods. The Lord has created day after day, night after night, this orderly progression of creation because you are sustaining us, oh God. And we thank you. We don't worship creation. We worship the creator God who loves us and gave himself for us. So God, we give you all the praise and all the glory. We're looking forward to you speaking to us, changing us and transforming us through your holiness and through who you are. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.